This week on the Jock and Nerd Podcast, we review episode three of Hawkeye on Disney+. Sony releases a trailer for the Into the Spider-Verse sequel. Kevin Feige seems to confirm who will play Daredevil in the MCU. The Matrix Resurrections drops a final trailer. And wait till you find out who has been cast as Dracula for Universal's MonsterVerse. All that and more in this edition of the Jock and Nerd Weekly for Monday, December 6th, 2021. This is Frank Grillo. You know me. But who are you? Are you the discerning, sophisticated type of person who enjoys all the latest comic book and superhero TV and movie news? Pop culture references, witty banter? Me neither. I'm just here for the dick jokes. Check. Check one. What is up, listener? How's it going? Welcome to the Jock and Nerd Podcast, where we give you comic book and superhero TV and movie news, reviews, and whatever we choose. Jock and Nerd! My name is Imran. And my name is Anthony. He's not the jock. <laughs> I am the jock. God I guess damn it. you could be a jock, rug boy. His name is Rug Boy. He's the rug boy. What's up, Come rug? on! Keep the illusion going. I'm the jock. I make out with chicks and I drink a lot and I go to EDM sure. concerts. Yes, we'll go with and that. I, and I bro out and I look good with my shirt off. For this episode, Rugboy will be the jock <laughs> and I will be your nerd. And it is because yeah. the actual jock Anthony feeling a little bit under the weather tonight, Rugs. He told us like minutes before he thought he was going to He make said he it. had a splitting headache. Yeah, I don't know what it is. He's taking all the tests and shit, you know, but the uh, boy's got to rest You think it up. might be uh, the Omnicron mm, Megatron virus? Maybe he got the Transformer Megatron. I don't know. Listen. You know what Anthony's exact quote was? He said, I have a really raging headache, and I don't think I can do the show because hearing Imran's voice would make it worse. <laughs> oh, he's not wrong, and if he's not feeling well, yeah, this voice ain't going to make you feel better. I kind of, I'm like, I thought my voice is just as annoying as yours. So I, fa- I feel like that he singled you out as a personal attack, Imran. And if we talk at the same time, <laughs> that cancels each other out. It's just a white noise. That's right. Yeah. But quick announcement before we get into this week's news, everybody. Uh, C2E2. You know what that is? is? That, it's one of the droids with Star Wars. Yes, it's R2-D2's long lost cousin. Yeah. No, it is one of the biggest comic book conventions in the Midwest, in Chicago. It's this weekend, Rugs. Geek boner. I won't be there. No, you won't. It's <laughs> December 10th through 12th. Uh, and for the listener, right now, at this moment, we did manage to secure press passes. At least I am planning to show up on the Saturday, December 11th to the C2E2. Maybe Anthony feels better and he makes it. Jim McPike will also be joining us. Anthony's going to be in a tent like e- at the end of E.T. He's going to be all chalky and white. He's going to need to rescue him. <laughs> I'm going to have to get him and put him in a bike basket. Yeah, and- <laughs> you're going to have to put him in a front bike seat. Bike him over bike. to C2E2. Yeah. Look, his finger is going to glow, and you're going to fly right into the convention. Am I concerned about the Megatron virus? Well, Rugs, you, did you hear? Uh, they, the guy went to the anime New York uh, big convention that just happened, and then he tested positive, right? Wasn't that the story? Yeah, we knew people that were there. So, yes, we knew a lot of people that were there. 
Here's the thing. I'm getting my booster tomorrow. I'm boosting these nuts. Oh, shit. Tomorrow, I think I'll be fine. I'll wear a mask. I'm, uh, How many okay. shots do you think you're going to need? 2,400. <laughs> I have a very weak immune system. You know what? Even the Rona couldn't keep me out of the theater to see Spider-Man. I'll tell you that much. I'm not. I'm definitely got to be there to see that. We'll see. We'll oh see what God, happens. Oh, my God. I can't. I, yeah, we're going to be going to see Spider-Man in the midst of this fucking uprising. So, see, the last C2E2 was February 2020. We were there. It was right before everything shut down. There's audio. You can go back and listen. So, hopefully, I'll record some audio, or you're going to hear our wrap-up next week or in a bonus episode. Whatever. Anyways, C2E2, if you're there, come find us. Say hi. You can follow this voice. You'll be able to find me easily. Just listen to this. All right, let's get to the news. Just go in the, the direction Jock where your head hurts. Nerd podcast. Yeah, it's like Xavier doing mind tricks. Like if your headache's <laughs> getting worse, you are closer to finding me. Yes. Look, speaking of Spider-Man No Way Home rugs, it's kind of a crazy great time to be a Spider-Man fan. Would you agree? Yeah. Right? Sure. There's a lot of fun shit going on. The uh Box office estimates for opening weekend. I don't know if you saw these stories. They've gone up. They're estimating now like 190 million to 250 million opening weekend uh, during a pandemic. The current record is Venom 2 at $90 million. And these people are saying this movie is going to open at 190 million, 200 million dollars. We'll do all our official predictions next week before the movie comes out. But does this seem even reasonable in the, today's climate? Hundred million, easy. Uh, oh, a hundred million is not a problem. So, I mean, yeah. it could make one hundred fifty million. Will do you think this Megatron is going to make people a little more hesitant to come out? The tickets I don't are selling. Know. Things are starting to happen. Like, yeah. I feel like in the past couple of weeks, like I've been hearing people saying shit's closing down, uh, this and that's going on. So, I feel like, and then New York just put a fucking mandate. Why can't we ever get a woman date? Get, yeah, get a man the women date. dating. They need yes, dates, let too. Them be, let them have fun. So, look, it's getting cold again, flu season, all that, blah, blah, blah. People are traveling, holidays. Yes, there's a lot of variables. Uh, yeah. This is one of the biggest, most anticipated movies ever. So I'll be there twice. Again, I don't care. I want to wear two masks, and I want to stab myself with a needle like five times before I yeah, go in during there. the movie. Look, I'll be boosted. It won't be the it won't be it won't, it won't be uh the vaccine. It'll I'm be getting other boosted. The other thing to look out for. <laughs> this is going to be even harder. Rugs, how are you dealing with this? I feel like from this point forward, there are spoilers for this movie are going to be everywhere. Apparently, I don't know if this is legit. Someone leaked the soundtrack and some of the track listings are really spoilery. Now I don't know if it's been confirmed to be accurate, but why would you do that? I'm trying to avoid even the TV spots and all the new footage. You see like William Defoe's face in one of these fucking things. Yeah, but we know he's in the movie. Yeah, we know. That's the thing. And you, even if, you know, and like Is that a spoiler, it's not. And everybody knows fucking Toby and Andrew are going to be in the movie. How That's can not you really spoil this movie other than like give away what they're the, the biggest thing? Like, it's not whether Toby Maguire's in it. It's not whether Andrew Garfield's right. in it. It's not whether, you know, William Defoe's face is showing or what of Venom's in it. Like, that's all shit that we've already expected, or if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, that's fine. Is it who dies? Is, is it... If someone dies, that's a big okay, that, that's kind of a major thing, but it's, the biggest thing is, how does this work with the whole Spider-Verse? Yeah. And how does this work with the whole Marvel Universe? I think those are the two things that are 
that we we have no idea how how it all plays so, together. Remember, the movie comes out on the fifteenth, like a day earlier overseas. So somebody may spoil the fucking ending. I don't know. I'm just tread carefully. Maybe just you're expecting this movie to be like a great movie. I'm just expecting. It, I don't really care like what happens. I okay. just gotta see it. You know? <laughs> I hope. God damn it! I hope it's a good movie. Uh, it's it, it it if it's a bad movie, then yeah, none of this matters, right? It doesn't even matter if they're yeah. It's just, to me, this is like watching Red Notice. To me, it's oh, like the God, same. It's not that bad. What the fuck? <laughs> no, it's not. Well, it is going to be. It, it's a fucking mess. But like, just like Red mess. Notices. But like, it's like I'm not like I. I don't really have skin in the game. Basically, I'm just like I love Spider Man and I love the character. But I'm just like, all right, whatever it is, it is. I don't care. And like they can do whatever they want. They can make. Fucking Spider-Man and Alien. I don't give a shit anymore. This is true. At this point, it doesn't matter. Okay. Yeah. So anyways, over on the Sony Spider-Man side of things, they just released the first trailer for the Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse sequel. Geek boner. It's called Across the Spider-Verse Part 1. What oh, the fuck? shit. This is a, it's, they're splitting this up already. It's called Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse Part 1. Mm. Rugs, did you see this trailer? What did you think? It looks good. I see uh, Haley Steinfeld as Gwen Stacy returns. She's back. She's everywhere. She, she pops into Miles' room when he's not masturbating. Yeah, yeah. That was good timing <laughs> on her part. Do you think she was waiting until he was done to be uh, like, uh, maybe I should wait a little bit? He seems to be in the middle of a thing. Did you notice also hexagons? Hexagon. She is communicating and traveling. Universes. That has to do something with Wanda, right? Well, there was hexagons in Wanda. There is hexagons all over the place when they travel interdimensionally in the movie. That's a grid of hexagons. Mm-hmm. There's always hexagons, so I noticed the hexagons. What does that mean? Is that the quantum mania? It is inter multiversal uh, travel. I remember the borders. Watcher was in some kind of a construct of uh, of those as well. That was like it- a crystal. Yeah, that was like a crystal thing. Yeah. Uh, anyway, she's trying to get him to go out and go web swinging, and he said he's grounded. It looks like he's a little bit older, like maybe a year older, or does it look like it starts? Yeah, they look like they're a little bit older. Yeah, they look like they age a little. He's she's he's embarrassed that he draws Gwen Stacy in his sketchbook, which is kind of funny. Uh, and then it cuts to this crazy action scene where he gets sucked through these hexagons into Spider Man twenty ninety nine universe, and he battles Spider Man twenty ninety nine, voiced by. Uh, Oscar Isaac, who also has multiple roles in uh, the MCU. What did you think of this? Uh, the animation changes, right? The style changes. It gets really flat and very energetic. And you, and this is like 2099. What do you think of this look? Uh, I I like the energy of it. It's very energetic and fun. I don't know if I want to see a whole movie like this, but I feel like it'd be like cool for like a music video or something. But I don't know if I could watch it for an extended period of time. Yeah, I don't know. I might feel like I feel like it's overloaded, but there's a lot um, going on. The frame rate is uh, that same kind of uh, cho- it's choppy. choppy. There's a lot of things going on. Yeah, it's yeah. It's like after watching Arcane, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, wow, this is this is legit. And not to take anything away from this, this is definitely a different, whole different art style. But I kind of like, I'm like, whoa, overload, like sensory overload. It's like freaking ah. I was thinking the same thing. Like they could pick up some pointers from the arcane look, you know, like arcane still had a little bit of that flashy shit. 
it, here and there. It did when you were uh, dealing with that character Jinx Powder, like her inner demons and stuff. Like that's when it got all scratchy and it became like cartoony. That was kind of cool. I think that 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 animated series has set the bar for animation for me, not for everybody else, but for me. I think it was uh, interesting to see. And it wasn't overload and it had depth and it had like it was painterly and gorgeous. Yeah. And I don't want everything to look the same because I think that it's great that this uh, looks different. But I feel like it's maybe a little bit too much overload. And that's what I didn't like about it in um, rewatching it. Uh, I rewatched Into the Spider-Verse. It's, I think it's a narratively really great. Right. It's a really good and the characters are great and it's fun and it's it's hip and everything. But it does feel like it's the overloaded uh, and even the soundtrack with the, those big, you know, like all the oh, time. It's like Sunflower. They got Sunflower. Posty. They played yeah, that in the trailer. That song is awesome. I love but that song. That's, I'm talking about like the, this kind of like overloaded, like almost like Skrillex sounding shit. Uh-huh. <laughs> it reminds me of that uh, Key and Peele episode where they listen to fucking um, Skrillex and they start trashing their apartment. Uh, yeah, they instantly just start smashing like dubstep. Things. Yes, because the music makes you want to smash things. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, this is cool, but like, I feel like I'm not really tuning into Spider Man to watch a dubstep video. <laughs> well, I have a feeling, you know, how the, all the logos change. We're going to see a lot of different universes and see different animation styles as he traipses through the multiverse he's going across the spider verse yeah i think that they're definitely going to flex their muscles when it comes to that i think as i said i like that they're trying all this crazy stuff but i don't know how long i could sustain um with all of this kind of like overload going on so maybe if they do like hop in and out and it's not that sustained of a a thing it'll be cool so writing wise you can do a phil lord chris miller returning to write this movie with dave callahan who uh, recently wrote on Shang-Chi and Wonder Woman 1984. Oh. So, yeah, he had a little bit of both. Directors Joaquin DeSantos, Kent Powers, Justin K. Thompson, and Shamik Moore returning as Miles Morales. We mentioned Haley Steinfeld, Oscar Isaac. Issa Rae apparently rumored to be Jessica Drew, Spider-Woman in this. Ooh. And then Jake Johnson coming back, I think, as Peter B. Parker. He was a great Peter Parker. I love Peter B. Parker from that first movie. October 7th, 2022. So... Less than a year, a little almost a year away, and then I'm, I guess part two comes out the next year, I guess. But what do you make of this uh, part one? Uh, the fact that this is now two parts. Uh, it's just the story got too big? I don't know. This is the first I've heard of it being a part one other than when I watched the trailer. I was like, oh, what the fuck? Right? That was, uh, that was surprising. I did not expect that. Hmm. Listener, let us know what you thought. Join the conversation. Join our Facebook group. It's called Jock and Nerd Nation. Or you can email us, show at Jock and Nerd. But the Facebook group is where all our listeners hang out. We hang out. People post yeah. all sorts of news, breaking news. You can comment on it. We'll read your comments. Step into the octagon, kids. Step into the arena. So remember last week we talked about uh, how Amy Pascal, all the articles were saying Amy Pascal confirmed Spider-Man trilogy. And she's like, yeah, we're looking forward to the next three movies. And even myself, I was like, oh, shit, we're getting three more Spider-Man movies. We forgot how, remember how Amy Pascal just kind of says things in interviews that, that she's not necessarily supposed to say or thinks about saying beforehand. 
Yeah. Yeah. So just we could take that with a grain of salt in that. But is she lying or just saying shit she's not supposed to say? I don't know. In the past, look, there was that incident where with Faiji sitting next to her where she's like, oh, yeah, Venom's going to be in this movie. And he's like, yeah, what? But was she wrong? Uh I don't know. I don't remember. I don't know if she was wrong by any. Is she lying? I don't know. I she, believe women. She, yeah, she. But there's multiple <laughs> times where like Amy Pascal has said these things, and you're like, what? So it doesn't. There's no official Spider-Man trilogy, you know, in the works or announced. This is just what we have to go on. Much in the same vein, huge news breaking today as Kevin Feige is on uh, the Spider-Man No Way Home press tour. So expect to hear a lot of other crazy shit. And I think after the movie comes out, Rugs, they're getting ready to announce like a uh, um, bunch more things. So what's the big thing that Kevin Feige so Kevin Feige today? talking to Cineblend, which is uh, Cineblend actually got this out. They straight up asked him about Daredevil and the character's potential in the MCU. And Feige, who usually doesn't talk about these things, this is what he said. This was his exact words. Quote, if you were to see Daredevil in upcoming things, Charlie Cox, yes, would be the actor playing Daredevil. Where we see that, how we see that, when we see that remains to be seen. Holy oh, shit. shit. Geek boner. Is this official confirmation as all the places are writing? Kevin Feige confirms Daredevil is coming in the MCU. Kevin wants Cox in his universe. Kevin needs more Cox. And I think Lisa Morrison is just blasted off to intervene. Oh, my God. She's her head is going to explode if this is true. I mean, I, I, I feel like this is inevitable. You know, we where he shows up, where do you think he shows up? Do we see him as Matt Murdock first and he's not well, Daredevil? How are they going to change him? Do you think that they're saving it for the end, like the end episode of Hawkeye or is that saving for Wilson Fisk? I think we're going to see Wilson Fisk. Uh, the new episode drops the day this show posts. He could be in that episode, Brooks. I think we're very close to seeing D'Onofrio. We'll get into that when we review this week's or episode. Or Echo. And they're going to do this Echo series, right? Yeah. So then Daredevil's definitely in that. But is Matt Murdock, Charlie Cox playing Matt Murdock going to be in Spider-Man No Way Home? Is That's my big question. That could be true, too. Peter needs a lawyer. And there's also She-Hulk, right? That's more lawyering. So there's so many opportunities for, for law for, for law, and for Matt Murdock and Daredevil. And right, Echo is initially, I believe, was a Daredevil uh, character. Came from right. Daredevil. Uh, so, I, I mean, this is, it, it, this is exciting if he's there's saying. There's plenty of opportunities for Matt Murdock to show up, Daredevil to show up. You know, as you said, you said in the Spider-Man movie, we got it in um, in She-Hulk. He could appear. He could appear in Echo. He could even appear in Hawkeye. If, I don't think that's going to happen. But it, there's a lot of places he could show up. Well, so here's my question, because, you know, Feige doesn't like to take other people's castings. He likes to recast things. He likes to start things fresh. These are obviously not going to be the same character as we saw on the Netflix show. I mean, they're going to be in name and actor playing that person. It's the same character, but how do you think they will change this to make it their own? What do you do? I think that you use the you use the snap. Oh, you use the snap, and um, you know, as a, as an opportunity for them to be reborn. You know, they come back from the snap; they're changed. Oh, and they they're were not- in the Netflix universe before, and now they're here, just kind of like venom at the end of the fucking venom movie 
No, no, I'm just saying like, well, you could use the whole the whole Venom verse uh, or the whatever's happening in the Into the Spider in, in uh, Far From Home, No Way Home. I am so confused with all these fucking <laughs> movies, but yeah, there's definitely like universe is colliding in all of these things. You can use that, but I was like, oh, maybe they always existed and just they were snapped away and now they're back. And that's why you haven't heard from them. Yeah. Where you know? was uh, Wilson Fisk uh, this whole time? Yeah. What was he doing? But man, uh, Charlie Cox, expect Charlie Cox, Wilson Fisk showing up in the MCU. That is very exciting. Geek boner. Uh, let's move on to the Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantum Mania, the third Ant-Man movie which is rap production, and there's a bunch of weird things. Did you see uh, the story about the gift, the T-shirt the crew got uh, from this the set of Ant-Man Quantumania rugs? No. So they gave the crew this T-shirt, and one of the crew members just took a picture and tweeted it. If you click this link, basically on this T-shirt, it's kind of a cool T-shirt. Uh, it says Ant-Man and the Wasp Stunt Team 2021, and it's a picture of uh, Scott's helmet. The Airman helmet, and it's broken, right? There's a big hole in it. What do you see on the helmet next to the broken part? Uh, there's something in the reflection rugs. You see this figure in the reflection of this helmet on this T-shirt? It's King. Holy shit, it's King. This may be our first oh, look at King. And guess what? He's, he's, he's kind of, his face is kind of blue, and he's wearing the purple comics accurate outfit. Um, I don't know if this was supposed to get out yet because they just finished wrapping the movie but uh it's kind of cool to see that they're going to stick to uh, a comics accurate kang look i like it i'm looking at the kang there's kang and it looks like uh jonathan majors also and his eyes are lit up so that was one thing the other thing is uh there's another rumor that uh modok may play a major role in this movie yeah. And we also remember earlier <laughs> we talked about Jim Carrey maybe playing Modoc. Could we see Jim Carrey as Modoc in this fucking crazy Ant-Man movie with Kang and the multiverse? Uh, Ant-Man, okay, I'll give it a pass at Ant-Man. You could do a Modoc in Ant-Man. Like, you could kind of get away with it, but this movie sounds to be crazy. Like this movie sounds like it's going to be really big and change a lot of things now if all this shit is happening. Yeah, well it be it could be cool to to kind of elevate Ant-Man and in his like cachet by putting all this shit in this movie and making it like a big movie. So I think that's cool. Like they did that. They're like, Hey, you get, you get to be on the big leagues kid. Yeah. I mean, they're, to Step introduce Kang, the conqueror, a huge fucking time villain in a fucking Ant-Man movie is crazy. So, uh, that's going to be fun. Well, you, what you, the thing is, is that, you know, Hank Pym is like a major character and we don't have him in this universe yeah, really in the same capacity. That's a good so point, the fact that we have Scott Lang and, you know, we're not Janet Van Dyne either. We kind of, we kind of like, you know, have a lesser version of Ant-Man, you know, but it's cool that in this film, it's going to, it's going to be real major that, that Jonathan majors. Yeah, that's how major it is. <laughs> yeah. But you got Pim uh, technology all over the place as we'll talk oh, yeah, about a little of bit. Course. So that's it's still, yeah. The legacy's still there, but like it, it just, the, the, it, when you read Avengers, you know, Hank Pym is like the man. He's got he's the guy with the fucking all all he's at the center of everything. He's always coming up with some yep, kind of technology. Yep, yep. He's one of the smartest dudes there. Yeah. I mean, he's still around. He's just old. And slapping his wife. And smacking his wife. He did that in the ultimate universe. 
Okay, it doesn't count. Uh, maybe they do like a throwback, like uh, uh, you know, Hank Pym Avengers retro series, like a period piece. That might be kind of cool. Set in the sixties or seventies. No, they've already blown it. Yeah, let's just like let's just go they. with this. You blew it. <laughs> uh, okay, let's move on to another movie. I'm very highly anticipating. I don't know if you are rugs. Matrix Four. What is your anticipation for Matrix Four coming out? December 22nd on HBO Max and in theaters. I don't know how I feel about this, to be honest with you. I mean, like, do I want to see 60-year-old Keanu Reeves being Neo again? Right. Was there more story to even tell? Um, I mean, it looks great. It does look very good. It looks like, it's, you know, they, they shot the shit out of it. They really did. They put out this new trailer today. And the tra- yeah. so far, both trailers are great. They're really good. Like they get me super pumped the, for this movie. The thing that I really love about the matrix is, is how it was one of the movies like in the nineties that started to make me think about the universe. Right. Like ex- existentially. I was like, okay, what is existence? Yeah. Like, what are we feeling? What is it that we do? Like electrical impulses to our brain. Like if we can simulate, like if you can simulate electronic impulses to your brain to like make you think that you're eating food and then, you think about the fact that you dream and you do the same shit. Yeah. How do you know it's real? Like you're asleep and then you're imagining that you're actually doing stuff and it feels real. Right. So I'm like, well, what is existence? And I remember that like in philosophy class when I was, you know, being educated, uh, we, they would talk about that all the time. It's like, you know, existence, what is it? And, and the philosophical ramifications of it. But um I don't know. So that, that movie caused me to think. So if this movie can actually it's not even forget about the action sequences and all the other shit because all it is is going to be like nostalgia porn, right? But if they can actually add a little bit more depth or a little bit more color or a little bit more nuance to what they've already done with the Matrix, what they've already smart. said, yeah, then I'm all in. So you know what's interesting is now at the after this movie came out, it's been. How many years? Like 13, 20 years? I can't even do math. 1999 okay. was the first Yeah, one. so it's been over 20 years, and I was watching recently videos about how, you know, there's a, a huge possibility, a probability that we are already living in a simulation, that this is all software as it is, and we wouldn't know. And with that in mind of how people think, like, the, that the simulation theory has gotten so big, that is a great frame of mind to put this new matrix, like they rebooted the matrix. And what's interesting, it looks like he does remember the being Neo. He does remember the last matrix. And I love the line at the end where he goes, I still know Kung Fu. It's fucking great. <laughs> That's the best part. And you see Jada Pinkett Smith in there real quick. And she's all old. Uh, but if this, we are in a simulation theory, the matrix makes complete sense. Now is she sitting at a red table? I don't know. Oh, no. That's the, that was the YouTube. <laughs> entanglements. We had entanglements. Right. In our marriage. Entang- was, quantum entanglements. Quantum entanglements is what their marriage suffered, basically. Mm-hmm. No, the action looks dope. I can't. I just, I want to know. Looks. It's just, I love, I love the first Matrix so much. Yeah. And it was, it's such an important movie in just my life. Yeah. Of like, it just shapes so many things. And so. I just feel like we never needed to go back yeah. unless there's something that's been uns- unsaid that the matrix didn't get a chance to yeah. say. Like, I'm like wondering what the point of this movie is, but at least it looks good. At least is that. So no, I'm with you. What is the story? What is happening? Uh, like, I feel like from what the trailers are, 
they're trying to make an allegory that the matrix is Facebook. Oh, and like social, social media, media and like this new meta world that we're creating. And we're in the, in the midst of creating the matrix as we speak are like, it's a matrix within a matrix. That's what's really meta about it because we're like living in the matrix supposedly right now, but we're creating a new matrix for the people in the matrix that's, to be that's in, it. in. Yes. We are creating virtual worlds to escape in from our virtual simulation. Like you can world. buy like virtual real estate and, yeah. uh, and virtual Dude, pets. They, and- yes. No, like remember second life was huge, but like these people are spending lots of money for digital things and in NFTs. Yeah. You know, you got fucking Bitcoin and fucking like cryptocurrencies. I don't even know what the fuck they are. If Zuckerberg's just, metaverse thing like actually catches on, like you'll be attending company meetings in like a virtual avatar. It's all fucking weird. It's the Matrix. Uh, also, you'll notice Hugo Weaving's not in this, but they are alluding Agent Smith. The program may have not have been destroyed, and it's actually that Jonathan Groff's character looks like he's uh, going to. Well, be, he's it, saying the same shit things, that yeah. Smith is saying. Yeah. So, so was that virus? Is that virus back? I, you know, partly the virus is kind of why those uh, the second two movies was to kind of miss the boat as he had to deal with this fucking Agent Smith thing. I don't know. I feel like what that first movie did, it set up this idea that, okay, you can find out that there is a real world and that this is all fucked up, right? And that this is all like a, a thing. But then at the, at the same time, it's like, how do you fight these machines you they didn't have a real plan no right so like yeah in the matrix neo is superman but outside the matrix he's no yeah yeah that would do i still know kung fu yeah the and the only uh the unfortunate thing is i this is one of the last uh simultaneous releases warner brothers you know they did this year all year the movie's coming out hbo max and theater day and date it was not a good experiment. Lame. For them monetarily, let's just say profit wise. Uh, and this movie releases just a few days after Spider Man No Way Home. I don't think it's going to make any money uh, no. when it opens. It's going to be a huge flop. Yeah, unfortunately. But you'll be able to watch it at home, which is. Like, which I, I can't it. see. I can't see Zoomers getting this movie at all oh. uh, maybe some millennials that are older can can deal with this movie i don't know it's another thing like ghostbusters like you who who knows those original movies anymore you're gonna have to go back i want to force anthony to watch matrix two and three so we can watch this and review it uh i'm not even sure that's necessary maybe we could just watch this without him watching those but it was important kind of where it left off and what I they mean, told you. Anthony didn't even want to see the other two. Like the curiosity wasn't even there. Even you know, he loved the first how, one. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it's like no more like story the, needs to be told. There was no curiosity yeah. enough to, to, to go and look at it. So I guess, you know, and, and yeah, if you hear that, it sucks that you, of course you're going to stay away. Listen, from Keanu it. is fucking the man and I'll go support it on HBO max. Remember, at one point, this movie, Matrix 4 and John Wick 4, were supposed to come out on the same day. They had the same release date for a hot second. It was second. the Keanu Sons. It was the Keanu Sons is still happening because uh, John Wick 4 is still going to come out. This is this may not be huge for him, but it just, it's going to get buried. But I can't wait for it. Listener, you want to do some fun niche holiday shopping, visit our, our T Public shop, jockandnerd.com slash shop, and you can gift yourself a niche podcast shirt. 
So when you wear it, people go walk up to you and be like, what the fuck is that? What do you wear? Get one for your mom. Yes, get one for your little cousins. Get one for your Uncle Frank. Get one for your Aunt Sally. All of them, have them make them hipsters with a hoodie or a T-shirt or any fun things. We have lots of fun stuff. Somebody bought some stuff. Thank you, whoever that was. Send us a picture if you buy some stuff. Yeah, just tell them, uh, give them a shirt with me on it. Yes. Say, just wear this. Give them a rug boy shirt and be like, don't worry, <laughs> this will change your life. Jockinair.com slash shop. Just walk around with this face and you'll go, go far, kid. <laughs> we'll take you places. Finally, yeah. last story in the news, rugs. You want to get into that club? Wear that shirt. Yeah, you want you want to <laughs> get into that hard to get to niche hipster club? They'll be like, look. He's wearing a shirt of a podcast nobody ever heard of. You know what? Come in. Come right in. Come here. <laughs> you're, you're who we need in here. Class up the joint. Uh, Rugs. Remember U- yes. Universal's uh, Monsterverse? Yeah. Uh, not a big success for them, was it? No. But I think that, uh, I don't know. I think people fucking shit, that shit on that way too hard. I think I, I would have liked to see the rest of those things come out. Well, apparently it's not dead. Uh, This is some amazing casting news. According to Deadline, they are doing a movie called Renfield. And playing Dracula is none other than Nicholas motherfucking Cage. Oh, shit. Holy shit. I cannot wait to see. Why is it taking so long (laughs) for someone to cast Nick Cage as fucking Dracula? Chris McKay is directing this movie, and Nicholas Holt is also, he is going to be Renfield. If he does it the right way, it'll be fucking legendary. If he does it like some stupid-ass way, then it'll still be legendary, but in a different way. It doesn't matter how he does it. Yeah, really, you can't go wrong. Because if he does it right, because like... Look, Nick Cage, uh, he has some talent. Dude, he, he yeah, he's been nominated for Oscars. He was Oscars. in Adaptation. He was in Leaving, Leaving Las Vegas. Leaving Las Vegas, Lord of War. Like, he's been nominated. The guy, when he wants to, can put in. An, uh, he's an amazing talent. Right. But then he does just fucking 17 movies because he has to pay the tax, man. Because he's just right. not good with the budgets. He, he's buying dinosaur he's bones. dinosaur eggs and bones and rare eggs and weird yeah. shit and sharks. I don't know. Yeah, he's doing it all. Anyway, but like, he would be great to be Dracula. First of all, he's like six foot tall or something. Yeah. He's pretty tall. He's like six two or something, right? He's yeah. like an, he's like a tall dude. He throw a big bushy like uh, Vladimir Tepish mustache on that dude, and you got the long hair and the receding hairline with the widow's peak. Oh my god, it's perfect. Yeah, I mean, there you go. You got your Dracula right there. And Renfeld, who is Renfeld? Is, uh, Do you know? He, yeah, he's this dude that Dracula possesses, and he's in a mental institution locked up, and he kind of goes in and, 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 like, speaks to him and makes him does shit, and he eats, like, fucking rats and bugs, and he just goes crazy. He's like his little henchman. Yeah, it says here, uh, R.M. Renfeld uh, was introduced as one of Dr. Seward's inmates before his backstory revealed that he was actually Dracula's attorney. He was just a lawyer, and Jonathan Harker's predecessor, he was driven mad by the evil Count... Renfield became his willing acolyte, believing he would one day be given the gift of eternal life. Oh, so it's like a buddy movie with Dracula and Renfield. Yeah, he's like his familiar. If they're going to do what we do in the shadows. Oh, yes. That show is about like a bunch of vampires and there's a there's a human that's like there that they possess. But 
He's just there because he wants. He has no friends, so he's just hanging out with the vampires. Oh my god! This so this oh, yeah. story is based on an original outline from Robert Kirkman, and then Ryan Ridley wrote the script based on a Robert Kirkman thing. So Robert Kirkman must have uh, wrote this as a comic or something. I am so interested in how he's going to do this because Nick Cage is a nerd. Like he is oh a nerd. God, he's like right. a comic book nerd. Yeah. He wanted to be fucking. He wanted to be Johnny Blaze. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he wanted to point it. He named, yeah, didn't he name himself after Luke Cage, and then his son is named Cal L. Yeah, he names his kids after fucking comic book uh, aliens. I, yeah. I, I think this is. I can't wait. Aquafina is also in this movie, which is that's strange. But is it going to be a comedy? I wonder. Chris McKay. Uh, I yeah, believe it's going to be a fucking comedy. He did the Lego Movie, right? Yeah. So they're making uh, a comedy movie with fucking Mick Cage as Dracula. Unbelievable. Oh, he also directed The Tomorrow War, Chris McKay. Oof. Well, it's all <laughs> was, uh, That was... Uh, it's going to be shit, was, uh, people. He did Lego Batman movie, Tomorrow War. He's uh, he's directing the Nightwing movie and the Johnny Quest movie and Renfield. Oh, he's got a busy plate here, the Chris wow. McKay. Yeah. He's been really doing getting on his knees a lot. Uh, I like the Tomorrow yeah, War the first time I saw it when it was called Every Other Movie I've Seen with Aliens in it. It was just It wasn't a great else. movie, but I enjoyed aspects of it. So I'm sure that I don't even know what this is they're going for with this. I, I think it's gonna be a comedy. It's gotta be. I it's gotta be. I'm surprised I can't just Nick Cage's Dracula. Love and if it. it's a comedy, I'm not really a huge fan of that, but like let's just yeah, do the, it. I don't know if they're gonna do like a Nosferatu thing and really, you know. Pull out an Oscar performance from Nick Cage, but he's, you know, he's doing. Did you watch the Dracula series that was just recently put out? No. Oh, that's fucking. Is it good? It, it, it has potential and then it fizzles out at the end, but like it was, it was, it was interesting. Boo. All right. Well, that's it for the news. Let's take a quick break here and play some promos and we'll come back and we talk about Hawkeye episode three on Disney plus right after this. Your organization's terrible. Hey guys, this is Jason Dutch with Dig on America Podcast, and I'm here with Big Hops. Do you have and to say your name so weird? How <laughs> you want me to say? <laughs> and I'm also here with Mikey Famine. The extruser pro- excuser. Oh. <laughs> it over. No, it's staying. No, it's staying the way it is, because this is the way the show is. Big on America here, we explore how American history, policies, and sometimes even our pop culture created the social and political issues facing Americans today. Uh, a little bit about us. I'm your resident brother of the league. <laughs> I love America so much that I demand she be better through constant criticism and protest. Thank you. And uh, in your Obama voice, Mikey. I don't oh. like Obama. Of course you don't. You also don't like bathing and healthy meals. What Dig on America is, is it's a healthy criticism of a country. We America's already perfect. You should know we're perfect just like my hands. Well, I mean, a lot of people might say that, but those people probably haven't gone to school or brushed their teeth today. So um, we're going to ignore them. But yeah, check out our show. It's unbeholden to any um, corporate overlords, except for Jay-Z, the Bilderberg yeah. Foundation. George Soros sponsored. George Soros. The Clinton yeah. Foundation. Absolutely. And uh, let's not forget Emotep. <laughs> <laughs> 
You can check out our website, digonamerica.com. You can check out all of our audio. We're on every single fucking audio podcast app there is out there, Pandora, Spotify, etc. Subscribe on YouTube. You can check us out on Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash DOA podcast. Hopefully you'll listen to the show, guys. I won't. Go fuck yourself. On America. Listener, if you enjoy the show and want to support the show, join our fan club. Visit jockandnerd.com slash Patreon. Jock and Nerd! And it's a way you can support the show monetarily on a monthly, annual basis. It all goes back into the show. Every little bit helps, and you get bonus stuff. Like, you get access to a exclusive RSS podcast feed that has bonus content. The shows come out early. Uh, Rugs, people loved our bonus content from last week where we were discussing great movie runners. <laughs> I, there was a response to that? I didn't know. There was. On the Facebook page, you can find oh, a lot of people answered the question. But you're only going to hear it on our Patreon. People are enjoying that. And there's Discord benefits. Discord, that cord, which cord? All the cords. These cords. That's Discord. We have a monthly hangout on Discord, private Patreon-only Discord server. You can come hang out, geek out, discuss things. This month, uh, December's hangout, tentatively still scheduled for Thursday, December 23rd, 8 p.m. Central. All the info will be on the Patreon, and uh, we can geek out about Spider-Man No Way Home. Should be a blast. Sign up today, jockandair.com slash Patreon. Okay, Rugs, let's get into this week's review. The Hawkeye Show, going strong on Disney+. Plus. We are up to episode three, this one titled Echoes. Here is your spoiler alert. Strap yourselves in, you fucks. Spoiler time. Now, before we get into this episode, uh, there's been some data about uh, the viewership for the first two episodes. Right. The trend was going... These shows were picking up viewers on their premiere episodes. Like WandaVision had a good number, and then it went up for Falcon and Winter Soldier. Then it went up for Loki. Uh, Turns out it's not going the same way for this one. Unfortunately, uh, this one company, Samba, that measures these things, they say it's 40% behind the Loki premiere, Hawkeye premiere, another article stating Hawkeye premiere, lowest ratings of all the live action MCU Disney Plus show premieres. Uh, how do you feel the buzz is around the show? Do you feel like people are watching it or a lot of people have ignored it? I don't know. I think everybody that I've talked to has a, has shown interest in it, at least. I don't think everyone's on been watching it um, like at, like every week because this is what happens. They do this weekly thing. And there's so much stuff out right now. Like, I think it's getting lost in the shuffle. That may be it. That I think people may be getting a little burnout. Because like the when, Wanda, stuff. when WandaVision came out, and lo- there was nothing right. going on. That was, and you know what? We, we've talked about every week how there's so much shit to watch. We should have expected this is the big content dump from uh, the COVID uh, vacuum, right? There was a whole time where nothing was yeah. getting out. Nothing, people were working on things. Nothing's coming out now. All that shit that is finished up, it's all just fucking vomiting out at once. There is so much shit coming out. Yeah, my watch list is fucking huge. I can't even. My head spins. I don't know where to go. I jump around. I'm like, oh, fuck, I got to watch this. I got to watch this. Oh, fuck, I got to watch this. So the first episode of Hawkeye drew 1.5 million 
uh, U.S. household viewers. Hmm. Uh, and that was less, I think WandaVision did more 1.8, I believe. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, the buzz is a little bit less, I feel like than the previous episodes or previous shows. Anyways, rugs episode three echoes. Uh, where do you want to start? What happens in this episode? Oh, you gonna make me do this. I don't even remember what I did yet. Anthony's not here. Bro, do you even uh, let me let me try? I'm gonna to try my damnedest. Okay, they get away from the tracksuit mafia. The reason why is because Echo comes in so hot and uh, is trying to find out why who who got the Ronin suit. That uh, it gives Hawkeye enough time to kind of escape, and then they're back on the run again. And now uh, Echo has got to track them down. And I think that's it, right? Is that, I don't know what else happened. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Then they go uh, to her. They go and they hack. Remember, I told you she needs to be a computer hacker. Oh, my God. She's hacking into Bishop's security system. Yeah, she's hacking into Bishop's By the way, isn't it convenient in the first two episodes? I forgot to mention how she has an app on her phone that helps her find anybody with their phone number. And so she could just, like, triangulate anybody. I'm like, that's fucking convenient. Yeah, it's that. super. <laughs> the writing is, the, like, is really the most convenient writing I've ever seen. All right, you got through most of the plot. It starts with a flashback. This is kind of a great oh, open. This is the flashback yeah, of Echoes. 2007, life. young Maya Lopez in school, you know, with hearing kids. And uh, I love how the teacher kind of notices that she's she's smart. She like she thinks she's not paying attention, but she's got the whole thing filled out. And her father, that moment with her father where they're talking, that was very touching. And he's like, you got to learn to jump between the two worlds. And we see how she does that in fighting by observing people's uh, center of weight and how they move their feet to be fast enough. Uh, which is, I, I thought that was great. And then it transitions I, to her I, boxing. I really enjoyed that. I actually thought that had a lot of weight and it was very, very satisfying to watch. And it really shows you, you could tell a lot of story without any kind of dialogue. Yeah. Yeah. It's all like a lot of it. Also just visual storytelling. Boom. You know, everything's there. And, it really works. It works on so many levels. You get to know her, and she has a prosthetic leg. That where? What was that? That that, that kind of came out of nowhere. There you have it. I didn't. I didn't know that she had one either. Yeah, I wonder. I don't yeah. really. I'm not really familiar with with Echo anyway. Uh, besides, like a few times, uh, the backstory wasn't explained in, in appearances that I seen mm. in the comics. Mm. So, anyhow, yeah, she seems to be pretty formidable. You know, kind of a similar training to daredevil you know he loses a, a a sense she loses a sense and kind of works on her other senses you know i thought that's that kind of cool especially in the boxing ring and then we find out she sees ronin slaughter like a bunch of dudes in this warehouse and kill her father and take off so she thinks ronin killed her father and then they do a lot of nods to the comic where He's got a bloody handprint and he wipes it on her face. And that's kind of like her. She has a face tattoo in the comics of a handprint from her dad the same way. So she's looking for Ronan because she thinks Ronan killed her father. But then Clint tells her that Ronan is dead and Black Widow killed her. So now she's going to go after Black Widow. What 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 is her motivation? Well, she says she's just, it's convenient that the person who killed right, my father is, is dead. dead already. Yeah. 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 At the end, where is it left? She's still hunting. Who is she hunting? She's hunting them still? Yeah. She still doesn't believe that story, and she still, you know, wants to find out what the deal is with Ronan. 
I loved how the one bro is into Imagine Dragons, and she made she made fun of him. <laughs> so he's like, bro, I love Imagine Dragons. Yeah, I think the thing that I now that you reminded me about that flashback, I think that was the best part of the show. And then you had that chase scene with the arrows. So the opening is strong. Yes, it's in three parts. The opening was strong, and then that leads into the whole scene in the abandoned KB toy store. Remember KB toys? Remember toy stores? Yeah. I remember toy stores. They don't exist. But that whole scene is fantastic, and it leads to the chase scene that we kind of saw. They released part of, but we saw the whole one. Uh, In the comics, that he owns the Dodge Challenger, and they drive the Challenger, actually. So I thought it was funny here. And he's like, I'm not smashing up a Challenger. And he's like, man, it got totaled anyways. Fucking thing gets smashed up anyways. <laughs> I love that car chase scene. I still love how they shot it. Uh, what? Let's talk about the trick arrows. Fucking, there was, we saw so many trick arrows. That was amazing. That was fucking geek boner. Geek boner. Yeah, the episode was good. Like, I, I feel like the action was done well and it was fun to watch. It, it looked like they spent a, a good amount of money on this one. It, it seemed short though, too. Like, it was really quick. Uh, right. The Pym Arrow. What did you think of the fucking Pym Arrow? You see, it's a, they made a giant arrow with it and it landed down on top <laughs> of the car. And he's like, shoot up. And I'm like, what's going on? And you see, it says Pym on the tip of it. And then the fucking thing comes down. But they had putty arrows and exploding arrows. And yeah, no, that was a great bit. And then that leads to them hanging out in the diner and she draws the comics accurate Hawkeye costume. She's like, imagine this in purple. And it has the wings and the H on his head. And he's like, no. <laughs> No, he should just put it on. He should put it. He, on. Did you know that there was someone wearing that in the LARPing? Oh, there was someone in the purple Hawkeye costume. Yeah, there was someone dressed as Hawkeye in the LARPing part. So she's wearing purple. See, I guess Hawkeye's color is purple. The smoke is purple. I thought purple was the color of like Kang or He Who Remains and Agatha Harkness's magic, but it's also the color of Hawkeye. No, but he's always Hawkeye. had purple touches yes, on his yeah, black yeah. stuff. I think he's going to get a purple costume moving forward. Uh, oh, we didn't even talk about the biggest fucking thing. In the beginning, his father in the flashback tells Maya, uncle will pick you up. Right. And then you see this giant hand in a black suit, you know, could kind of pinch your cheeks and you hear a laugh. And then later you hear Kazi talk about uncle. He's like, as long as uncle doesn't find out, we're fine. This is fucking Wilson Fisk, isn't it? Oh, I mean, who else could it It be? It, it, I mean, if it's comics accurate, it is. It, right? Did that so. sound like Vincent D'Onofrio's laugh? It's, I know it's hard to tell from a laugh. No, I don't know. It could have been. A, it's a stunt hand. It's obviously a hand Maybe model. A stunt laugh. It could have been a stunt laugh. Kid laughter. But holy shit, the whole time I'm like, uncle. Holy fuck, who's uncle? It's 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 got to be. It's got to be. Fisk. It's got to be D'Onofrio. Here we go. It's happening. And I bet we see him in this next episode. You think that we're definitely going to see Wilson Fisk? I mean, it's they got to they have to answer to someone, you know, like Echo answers to someone who is the boss. Clearly, it's been hinted at. There was a lot of hints in the flashback. Also, did you notice the auto shop where the the gangsters were? It was called Fat Man Tire. Or, yeah, Fat Man Auto Repairs. There was a hmm. lot of clues. There was a lot of clues hinting to this is going to be Wilson Fisk. I hope it is because I want. I'd like to see all the people that they've already established in the uh, Marvel TV universe be brought back, except for Iron Fist. No. Yeah. yeah. Well, Mike Coulter would be great. Yeah. Jessica Jones would be great. We don't need the fucking Finn Jones. He can fuck off. We have Shang-Chi. Yeah. Uh, And then, so also the other thing they deal a lot with is Clint's hearing and hearing loss. And we see Echo signing a lot and 
uh, I believe Haley Seinfeld and and Cl- uh, Jeremy Renner learned sign language to communicate with uh, Alakwa Cox, who is a deaf actor. Uh, so the representation of hearing loss and the hard of hearing, I thought, was really great in this episode. And like, it was so touching when he was on the phone with his son, and she's writing and 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 captioning for him. Like, I felt so bad for him. And he's even like, uh, you know, it was it was great hearing your voice when he didn't even hear the voice. Yeah, he he broke his um. Yeah, she smashed his, his hearing, hearing aid. His yeah, hearing aid, and he couldn't hear for a while. They got it fixed, but and then he didn't turn it on because he was he's just, talking. He was, <laughs> he was just don't hear any of her shit. And she's like, "Did you just put that in? What are you doing?" But no, I think for representation for like its actual sign language and uh, that's it's really good. It's too bad we can't do that for blind people. Well, wait till Matt Murdock <laughs> shows up. I'm just saying, and they can't see it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Somebody else brought up how would Matt, how does Daredevil and Echo communicate? If you think about it, think about it for a second. One. What do you mean? One of them. Well, Daredevil's got superpowers. Yeah, he can see the aura and stuff. But if he yeah, can't he see does. what she's signing, then you have an issue, don't you? She can read his lips. <laughs> That's true, but he's not going to know what she's trying to say. No, he sees the shapes. He's got highly sensory. Yeah, he can do all kinds of shit. He can put his hand up to her mouth. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He can feel in in her mouth and out of her mouth. He can feel the breath. Oh, and then (laughs) so then the very last thing is they're sneaking around in her mom's penthouse, and Jack Duquesne, swordsman, gets the drop on Clint. Now, Ruggs, you know, in the comics, Jack Duquesne has trained Clint early on in archery. They know each other. I'm wondering, do you think they know each other here? I don't think so. No. That'd be cool if they did. Like, will he recognize him? I don't know. That might be a nice surprise, yeah. actually. Because that's, you, you wouldn't, you, it would be a little bit of a, a swerve, right? Yeah. You, all of a sudden, you're like, oh, the end of the episode, he's got the sword. Blah, blah, blah. And then you're like, wait a minute, motherfucker. That's my sword. Yeah, isn't that Ronan's sword he's holding up to his neck, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm wondering if they know each other. That's where it ends. Uh, great chemistry, really, between Jeremy Renner and Haley Steinfeld so far in this whole three episodes. I love their their chemistry, their banter. I think they do a great job. Kazi, the one right-hand man of Echo in the comics, is this character called the Clown. Right. He's the one who actually stabs uh, Clint's ear in the ear, giving him oh. hearing loss. I love the Christmas songs. There's tons of Christmas songs and like obscure Christmas songs. I still kind of love the Christmas feel. And we're halfway done with the whole fucking show, Rugs. How do you feel about that? I'm uh, I'm enjoying it. I think it's good. It's fine. It's as I said, it's like what I expected. Yeah. And it still delivers every week some little action, a little comedy, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. They're handling Clint Barton pretty good. Like they're not really making him. They're not like they're treating him. We're getting to see sides of him that we don't see. Yeah, it was more about him at least this yeah. episode. And you know they're introducing a new character. Yeah, in uh, Kate Bishop, and we're seeing that she's a little Mary Sueish to be honest with you. But um, I still think that she's pretty cool. So I did also love that moment where in the train where he's like he tells her he's like you are a great archer like she was hitting some fucking shots there right right away yeah like very uh, capable very competent with that and and beating up some people uh, doing some slide moves knocking yeah people I just down. think I just think like there's no reason why 
like someone wouldn't be able to be a, a badass or whatever, but I just think that since this is the first time out, like, yeah, you, you beat up people in karate matches and stuff like that. Yeah, you're this in is the, for you're, real. This is for real yeah. with like people who kill people. I would think that she would probably be a little bit, uh, you know, less confident than she is in this. However, I love how the tracksuit mafia are just kind of incompetent, bumbling idiots and can't do anything right. And always fuck everything up. And, you know, he, they, they, they took care of him. Yeah. And it doesn't make sense that Hawkeye like refers to them as something badass when he should be like, these guys are, these, these guys fucking are dumb. idiots. Yeah. They're so funny. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, uh, all right. I mean, there's three episodes left. We gotta be getting to Fisk. That's why I think they're going to bring them in. I, you know, and I, uh, the 40 minute episodes, it seemed like really quick. So it's good. Think, yeah. Things got to move. Will he make it home for Christmas? Of course he will. It's Disney. Maybe not. Sure. Maybe he won't. We'll find out very soon, but I think this is uh the show's getting better. I did like this episode. I liked each. I like it. I liked each I one like better it. as they went on. So like, this was my favorite so far. Easily. I like it. It's not. Is it the most compelling thing that I've watched <laughs> in the recent? No, but it's still enjoyable. It is fun. All right. Let's find out what our listeners thought of the episode in news from the nation. It's time for news from the nation. It's time for news from the nation. <laughs> It stinks. It stinks. It stinks. This fart dedicated to Seth Morgan. Oh. He loves your fart trucks. It makes his day. I hope that one made your day, Seth. That was just for you. It's a farting day. It's a fart from the heart. I ate pork. Oh, you did. Shouldn't have had that bean for breakfast. (laughs) Uh, Jamie Robinson, uh, listener Jamie Robinson, who is Mr. Throwback Thursday from the Mr. Throwback Thursday podcast. Says, I love the drawing of Hawkeye's costume with wings, but after the episode, all I can hear in my head is, no one can match the power of the kingpin. Geek boner. Yes, he's coming. He's coming, you guys. Logan Janice from Mostly Superheroes Podcast comments, this episode was a blast from beginning to end. Looked and sounded amazing. That Pym arrow was everything. Echo seems like a cool character. Curious how that show will be. Can't wait for episode four and more. Trick arrows. It's curious how he doesn't run out of arrows, uh, the Hawkeye there. Yeah, they just kind of multiply. And then he's got more somehow. Where did all those arrows come from? Uh, but And to introduce Echo in such a capable way, I thought they did a great job. Like, and it, felt it, it felt very like Netflix Daredevil type stuff with Echo. I love that. I thought it was great. Jose Ibarra says, really fun episode. I loved Echo's backstory. What's the likelihood that we get a D'Onofrio as Fisk appearance in episode five? Oh, he's saying five. I'm saying four. Uh, he says the day. Oh, he says episode five, the day before No Way Home. Building more hype for Charlie Cox as Matt Murdock in No Way Home. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. That may be what they do. Episode five comes out the week the movie comes out. So imagine you that's see, so crazy. You see Wilson Fist there, and then you will see Charlie Cox in No Way Home. That would be. They should do it a week earlier. I think they should do it next episode. I honestly think Wilson mm-hmm. Fist should be in this episode that drops today, the sh- day the show comes out. Ethan Cranford from Australia says, "Great episode. The death sequence was really fun, but definitely cemented to me that this show won't take itself seriously." That said, I am enjoying the tone of the show. 
Uh, he says, you know, I love to hear the sound of your voice was a really good touch. Overall, still really like the show and looking forward to the rest of it. Yeah, the tone is definitely clear. It's there. They're they're taking themselves seriously just enough, but having a good time. It's okay. It's good. Joe Henry, so far, this has been an enjoyable series. Looking forward to episode four. And then Lisa Morrison has a comment, not about Hawkeye, but about Spider-Man. She says, Spider-Man, no way home, hot take. I don't give a fuck if Toby or Andrew are in it, but if Charlie Cox isn't, I'm going to lose my shit. Oh, shit. I'm with you. What's more important, Ruggs? She needs Cox. We need the Cox to be in the movie. Listen, <laughs> they're all going to be in the movie. Venom's going to be in the movie. Charlie Cox is going to be in the movie. My Golden Retrievers are going to be in the movie. Rugboy's in the movie. Just for a really quick second. Yes, yeah. my uncle's in the movie. Everybody's in the movie. It's it's the world's worst kept secret. Uh, that that movie's going to make so much fucking money. I think it's going to make all the money. I can't wait. Okay, finally, Rugs, let's finish up with some What Are We Watching? Okay. To uh, finish from last week, I finished a bunch of things we talked about last week. Okay. I finished The Masters of the Universe Part 2, Kevin Smith's Revelations. Uh, I really liked it. I thought... Uh, I, you really liked it? I mean, it. I, I like what they did with uh, Eva Lynn and her relationship with Beastmaster or Beastman. Yeah. Uh, I liked Savage, Savagey Man, because imagine the Hulk... If uh, if the Hulk also had fucking speed like the Flash, I was like, oh, shit, that's a good idea. Imagine if the mm-hmm. Hulk could run really fast. Right. It'd be unstoppable. Devastating. And then the ending was kind of crazy. It does end on kind of a cliffhangery thing. So I don't know. Is there going to be more? He's got more I ideas. felt like my my whole thing was like, all right, they did what they did. And it, it kind of made, it made sense. It made sense, yeah, you know, yeah. whatever, in the grand scheme of things. But it just didn't make sense with part one. Like, why did they? It just felt like uh, some of the things were like the like the bones of the story make sense, both of them together. But what, how they actually happened, like in how they actually decided to shoot these things and the lines that they used, mm. did it were were incongruent to like how they actually did it. Like for whatever, why did Tila have to become like this crazy jacked? person and why did evil lynn have to be jacked <laughs> they all had the power at I mean, one point I, I guess it makes them jacked when you get the power you can become super jacked i guess yeah I guess no, you become jacked. look at what happens to adam he comes skinny and then he gets yeah jacked. he becomes so jacked. you get jacked and i saw i like seeing a jacked evil lynn i love the orco parts i thought it was uh it was delightful but the whole thing together, I think watching it all together would be interesting it might it, work it's better, better yeah. than watching that first part yeah. and not knowing what's happening but it is. It was better. It was better overall to this story. What happens in this version is that, like, um, everybody gets a taste of the power. Joker try. Yeah. I mean, the Joker. Joker. Skeletor tries it. <laughs> the voice of the Joker. Yeah. Oh yeah. Tries Mark it. Hamill tries it. Yes. Yeah. That's why I said that. Lena um, Headey tries. Cersei from Game of Thrones tries it. Yeah. She tries the power, yeah. and I think uh, Tila did not try. It. No. So. Oh, because she had a different uh, fate, a different destiny, different lineage. She had to become the new sorceress. Yeah, because uh, it's in the bloodline. So she she hated magic, and now she likes magic. So really, if he does another part, like they set up a bunch of cool things that they could keep going if he wants to, and he might do another season. I guess. I just felt like that the story that they told wasn't really he mean was was really not important to the story no he, and in the second part he, uh, adam as he man just regular he man was 
barely in it. He really wasn't in it that much. Yeah, he's not integral to the story. No, so it's like if the main character is just. But it's doesn't not matter again, if he's it's in not it. It's not called He Man. It's called Masters of the Universe Revelation. Right. It's about everybody. So you got a lot of character depth on. And what happened with Skeletor at the end? He kind of just like, eh, I'm just going to do nothing. He's like, all right, I'll fuck off. I fucked up. <laughs> yeah. But the whole, it's the whole thing of how like they need he like Skeletor needs he man. He like, he doesn't really want to kill him, even though he wants to kill him. But then what's he going to do once he kills him? It's kind of a short, short sighted plan of, well, what happens is Skeletor gets the power, right? Yeah. And he could see into the universe and he realizes it's not fucking anything to do. But, yeah. It's like, it's <laughs> giant and empty and arbitrary and random. Yeah. And he's like, oh, well, that's not fun. But why did he just fucking straight kill He-Man once he got the power? Like, what are you doing? Isn't that what you... I don't know. Yeah, I feel like that it kind of like meandered in that yeah. aspect. Yeah. They didn't have like a real a real good tight grip on how to explain having the power and what it means and what to do with it and what the point of it is. Do you need so, the sword? Do you not need the sword? It's still unclear. Yeah, there's a lot of shit that they kind of just like left out in the air. So I feel like it's better than the mess than the first yeah. part was because the yeah. first part without the the this ending, you know, it just it, it leaves it wide open for all this conjecture. Yeah. But having the ending, seeing it come together, seeing that okay, kind of uh, everything is kind of set up for the future with He Man and and the new sorceress and evil Lynn is kind of went off to a pasture or Skeletor is scratching his balls somewhere. I don't know what he's doing, but um, you don't know what happens with Skeletor. What's he up to? He went to his, 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 uh, his underlings and tried to like start up a new uh, uh, revolution, I guess. Oh yeah. The, uh, the, the, the mother, uh, what do they call it? Motherboard motherboard. Yeah. The guys who worship motherboard. That's where, that's where it ends. Yeah, he, he went there back to Snake Mountain. He does say he does say the sword uh, is a conduit. The sword controls the power. So without the sword, he turns into like a big savage, dumb, unthinkable person. But the sword kind of keeps it in check. I, 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 I that's good. We'll see. Uh, let's move. It was fine. I finished Arcane. Now, now you want to talk about a story that builds to a fucking epic climax and has a crazy cliffhanger, but it's also kind of satisfying and it left me i need to see the, what happened the second season now i know it got a second season renewal but right. holy shit where it ended i was like oh no you're gonna end there no i gotta know what happens <laughs> fuck it was great yeah if you're not watching arcane so please good. watch it it was good it's probably as i said one of the better things i've seen this in the recent times it's a story of two parts of a city the upper world and the lower world and how you know, they're at that odds with each other. And it's a story of family and sisters, Two sisters that end up on opposite sides of things. Yeah. And it's also very progressive and very diverse. Oh, yeah. And so if you're watching it to check those boxes, it's there. But it's yeah. done in a way like you don't hear anybody complaining about this yeah. because it's done well. Like it's done in a way that makes sense. It's not like this thing where you, you know, these characters kind of live and breathe in this world and you're like in all of the different people that are represented in all that in all those ways it even suggested it's done in a way that's so tasteful and and, and it works and it's, it's not like it doesn't feel like that they were like checking off boxes no, i feel like yeah. they were writing characters oh yeah you get all their motivations you everything you know the decisions they make make sense and and uh it's just the world building is phenomenal 
Uh, the look of it is great. So check out Arcane. Uh, and then finally, that uh, Peter Jackson's Beatles documentary powered through the remaining five and a half hours, I think it was. Uh, and I, yeah, I really like this. I think you have to be a fan of the Beatles. I think if you were just like kind of into the Beatles, you might get bored with it because there are parts where you're literally watching them play the same song like three times with <laughs> different takes, right? But they get to the roof. It's fucking, there's crazy things that happen. I loved it. Did you, you said you had some questions you wanted to ask me last week about that when I finished. Oh, well, yeah, I finished it as well. I didn't, I think I hadn't finished it at that point. Right. And, you didn't uh, either. Right. Yeah. And I was just like, I don't remember what the questions were to be honest with you, but all, all I know is that when I saw that rooftop thing, yeah. It was. I found it to be comical because they literally sent like two cops there. <laughs> oh my god! And the policemen. And the cops are just like you can tell once the cops got to the roof, they're like, "Oh shit, the Beatles are yeah, here!" The, the, first of all, they're so polite. The, the cops were the most hilarious thing. So they get on the rooftop and the Bobby. They decide to just do this concert. Don't tell anyone. Don't get a permit. They start playing. A crowd starts gathering. And the guy's walking around asking, you know, getting man on the street reactions. And the cops show up and they're just downstairs in the lobby. And they're like, we've had 30 complaints. What's going on? And they're just blowing them off. They're like, I don't know. I'll go check. Uh, try to turn the PA off. The cops are so patient. They're just sitting there waiting. And the Beatles continue to play three, four more songs. The, they eventually go up on the roof. And then remember when the sergeant shows up? And he's yeah. And I was like, this guy's going to be pissed because they're still playing. And he walks in and he's like, oh, hello. Have you seen some of my offices? Are they around? Oh, they're up. Have a, can I go join them? He, yeah, he so just wanted to go watch the Beatles on the roof. And they go on the roof. And then the cops are there. And Paul notices and they keep playing like two more songs while the cops are just standing there. And eventually they yeah, turn the power off. The reality of it is, can't, what this is do? what the reality of it was. Is that they only had like four songs to play? They 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 didn't master enough songs no. to do a legit concert. They, playing, so they were like yeah. happy that the cops were there. Yeah. They like we're shut done. them down. They kept playing that. They did multiple takes of the same song, but and they weren't really getting shut down. They probably yeah. could have if they had. Let's say they had like four or five more songs that they wanted to play. They probably could have played yeah. them, and they nothing would have really happened. I love the people's reaction. Like a lot of them were like, "Oh yeah, this is great. I love the Beatles." And then the one guy's like, "No, I hate them. They've changed." I don't like them anymore. And the one lady's like, they woke me up in the middle of my nap. I don't like this at all. So, yeah, so funny. And that was the last time they performed in public ever. Just crazy. Yeah. It's just like, um, I guess they couldn't get their shit together. I feel like, um, they were having a good time up there. They, once they moved out of that studio into the Apple studios building, like it sounded better. And then once Billy Preston shows up, oh, I was when he's but he starts playing the fucking organ. I was like, "That's what was missing. That's the shit." And he is so good, and he just seamlessly fits right in with them. At one point, John is like, "Oh, you should join the Beatles," <laughs> it's, it's, and Paul's like, "It's hard enough with four. Yeah, but they're kind of, like, I just you could feel like their tension, like they were just done with each other. They were fed up. Like George wanted to play songs, nobody wanted to hear what the fuck George was playing. Well, you're in one of the biggest. And I and I have to say, I like George's songs a lot. Of, I love George Harrison's songs. Like his songs are actually like are like some of my favorites. Yeah, they're very so, different than the Lennon McCartney things. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, they should have listened to him more. Yeah, because yeah. lyric. I mean, lyrically, he wasn't as strong, but like he had great concepts. Like so, 
you know, he had these great concepts like my guitar gently weeps. Yeah. Something in the way is beautiful. Chord. Yeah. Something in the way. Yeah. That's a, that's one of my favorite songs. The chords for that song are great in the way, like they're talking about how right these, so the chords resolve and they come back around and just like, it took me back to being in a band and writing music. Uh, it was, it was really cool to see that. Well, being in a band, definitely, uh, having that experience, Definitely when you're listening and you're watching the Beatles and you're like seeing that they're doing the same stupid shit that, you know, you used to do at practice yeah. and all of these things that kind of went down when you're trying to learn a song, how long it takes to get down and the arguments that happen over, are you going to do the fucking four? Are you going to do the two? <laughs> Dude, I think just people showing up on time. I did love how like they fucked around with the songs a lot. They would sing them all weird ways just for fun because you never know what you stumble onto. But, you know, like, even just having a person in there that's not supposed to be in there, it's distracting. Oh, it's very distracting. And Yoko is sitting there the whole time. And there's too many people in there. There's way too many people about. Fuck out of there. Trying to record. And in between songs, they're like, well, what about this documentary? What about this live thing? Are we still doing? What are we doing? It's like fucking mind-numbing to do that. Writing 14 songs. Great. I would check it out if you're a Beatles fan. Okay. Some new stuff, Rugs. I checked out um, Super Crooks. How far are you I, in? I, uh, I have two episodes left. I watched, oh, I'm I'm not that far. I watched ten episodes. I think the last thing that I watched is that they went to go see the the guy working at the dry cleaners. Is that the heat? No. Yeah, the, the heat. heat. Yeah, that's Carmine. So this is an anime adaptation of Mark Miller's uh, Super Crooks book from Netflix. They bought Miller World, and it's like a straight up Japanese adaptation, right? The credits are in Japanese. It's dubbed over. I think it's originally yeah. was made in Jap. Japan, but it tells you the story of Johnny Bolt uh, becoming, getting his powers and, 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 and uh, going to jail and just being a villain. But it's heavily tied into the Jupiter's legacy yes. world, which is cool because you see the utopian and you see Lady Liberty in this and you see some of those characters we saw in the, the one season of the show live action that got canceled. But it helped right. me understand this a little bit more. I'm enjoying it. It's it after watching fucking, uh, you know, arcane like every animation just seems like shit. well this is a lot of the still you know using a stills shots a lot while yeah, there's, there's a lot of still you see the back of someone's head while there's lines going so they don't have to animate the fucking mouth yeah there's just a <laughs> just mouth. a still shot of the back of the head while the person's talking yeah, yeah. i mean there's some great scenes in yeah it. there's don't some great action yeah but they kind of like they don't bust out the real animation, like the full body animation, unless they absolutely have to. I do love that they're all like 20, 24 minute episodes. They're real quick. You can power through it uh, and you learn. Do you like the theme song? The theme song is it's kind of fun. It's kind of like <laughs> there's a it's really violent and very sexual, too. Yeah, that very that opening <laughs> sequence. I was like, I'm. Is this like, they got Casey's boobs and butt every all over the place, yeah, jiggling and yeah. dancing in this. I I think that's great, but I just wasn't expecting. And like that. Johnny Bolt is dancing, like it's kind of weird, but it's got a fun theme song. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm enjoying Super Crooks. I can't, I can't wait to get to the end. They they do that thing where they will end in the middle of a scene, like at a very important cliffhanger, but literally in the middle of an action scene, and it ends. Yes, and it picks up right away. So it's like true cartoon that way. I'm enjoying it. It's worth checking out. Yeah, it's worth it's worth a spin. Okay. Wheel of Time on Amazon. <laughs> How many episodes of this have you caught any of this? I'm I'm, I'm at a three and a half. Oh, I watched the first two mm-hmm. and I've never read any of the books. You don't have I didn't to, know anything about what this was about. And I kind of 
I kind of dug the first two episodes. You want to know what? It's like it's growing on me. I feel like it's an adventure. Yeah. It's not like Game of Thrones. So if you're going in trying to watch Game of Thrones, this is not for you. This isn't a straight up adventure. Straight up like if you like Lord of the Rings, but without all the fucking bullshit. It's easy to follow. They explained everything well. There's fucking killer trollocks. Trolls fucking fucking everything up. Yeah, they all like Krampus. Yeah. <laughs> and basically the setup is this is this uh I guess this uh, a group of witches. The uh, It's Dune. It's Dune. There's a group of female witches. The women get the power. It's a lot like Dune. The ace yeah. to die and uh every so often someone is born that is the dragon and it could be a boy or a girl and they're like the savior or whatever and these people have to find him and cultivate him and the this it will be a kid who's around 20 25 years of age so this lady with her like samurai keeper bodyguard come down looking for kids and they're being chased also by these trolls. So it's this, so far it's this big chase. They got to get to well, this tower and the trolls are yeah, chasing. It's, it's basically like, um, there's a, a right like, kind of like it's Lord of the Rings, it's Lord of the Rings and, and Dune, Dune yeah. like mashed yes, together. It's like, yes. so like, you know, in Lord of the Rings, Sauron is like this big evil that's starting to awaken in the right. world. And yeah. like, unleash all this evil and shit so that's happening and then there's the dragon is is also rising to meet this the is evil supposing messiah uh, that's gonna come up yeah there's a messiah that's gotta fulfill and their destiny these witches these sorceresses they're kind of like they use the 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 mana of the earth like to fuel their power yeah. and they're looking they can sense this person and basically that it's called the one power oh like right it's the, yes the one power and and so um, they, this one uh, sorceress is hunting these kids down, and they're all. And she knows they're, that 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 it's going to come from this one town. She goes to the town, and she senses that all of them have some kind of gift. Yeah. And so she takes them. She's like, "Let me take you to this tower, and where we can protect you there. Yeah. And we could, you know, we could train you. We can do. We find out which one of you is the dragon that will, like, you know, rise up against the evil." So uh, it, it becomes this adventure because now they're on the run. Yeah, they're being chased. All, yeah. like, you know, just like in Lord of the Rings where they're yep. running away from those um, horseback men. Yep, yep. The, 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 the ghost kings. Right, the shadow, the wraiths. Yeah, yeah. they're they're, they're running wraiths. from like a, a horde of, of like these uh, these trolls yeah. that are chasing them. What do you think of the trolls? They're, the look of the they're trolls. They're awesome. Yeah. I think they're really, really cool. It's like well, some, they're practically... They're practical effects for the most part, and then there's some CGI helping them along. I did, you, I did love how like they they killed a bunch of them, and then a shitload more show up. Like you can't <laughs> stop them; they're just fucking. They're afraid of water. And then the the lead guy on a horse has got like a fucking uh, what's that? It's like an alien face. He's got no eyes, but then he's yeah, got he's this, the eyeless. He's the eyeless. Yeah. He's got sharp teeth that look pretty sick, and they can't go in the uh, water. Yes, from what I from what I know, this is just the tip of the iceberg. It gets Whoa. way more wacky than this. So I'm digging it. I thought it would be too much or like too fantasy, but no. Like you said, it's a simple adventure. It's compelling. They they explain things well, and I was like, okay, I'm in. I'm, I'm gonna watch. I'm gonna watch yeah, this. they get split up. Like so, like uh, they're they're all like on the run, and they get split oh, up, right. and they the have end to, of the like, second episode. Yes. So then, then, and that even now fractures the story in different ways. Now, now it's not like all of them bickering with each other; they're all kind of like not trying to survive. And they, and them being split up takes you to different ends of 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 this land, yeah. and you get to see a little. It, basically, uh, it starts to give you more of the lore, and like, and they do it. They do exposition, but they don't do it like too much. 
Like you'll pick up things here and there right. when people are having conversations. Right. Oh, and and it's nice. So I'm into it. Is is it? I expected it to be like Game of Thrones ish, right. but I'm glad it's completely not. It's like really more like Lord of the Rings meets Dune, and I mean Dune in the in the most basic sense of like mechanics of like the Bene Gesserit well, a lot, shit like a lot that. of stories use like the Dune foundation as a as a start if you think about it the messiah thing yeah, yeah. I'll tell you what easier to follow than the fucking witcher was I'll tell you that much <laughs> I like the witcher too I, I like yeah, the witcher too I like the witcher but I was confused most of the time watching every this episode. is more fun it is I think it's fun it's straightforward um, and Rosamund Pike she's good she's a good actress right so she's gonna do something I guess Right. Anything else, Rux? Yes. There's one more thing there that is. I we were talking last week about Baywatch. That's correct. This is also on the post show listener on Patreon. So on Patreon we were talking about Baywatch and if it's on running ultimately red led to Baywatch. The best kind of yes, running. it makes sense if you think about it. <laughs> <laughs> so uh I go and turn my Netflix on and what's their fucking Night Rider is there. Oh, with the Hoff. You going on? Like, a- I feel like I feel like someone was listening to the podcast and go, "Well, Brugboy wants the Hoff. Let's give him more." Hoff. We're talking about the original '80s Night Rider, not the fucking remake series. Yes. Oh my god, Imran! Does that show still uh, hold up? Or- no, it okay, does not. Okay. But it's still great in every way. Let me tell you, I fucking <laughs> loved Night Rider when I was a kid. I never missed an episode. It won't ruin your memory of I it. I look forward to it. I had the car. I had the giant car that was like, it was like three feet long and it had a, a Hasselhoff action figure and when you press the, the license plate, the fucking kit would talk and the it had like a little LED light in front. It was yeah. sick. I had that car for years. I loved that thing. So I loved this show. It was so, f- I'm sure it's so contrived and fucking stupid so- now. Let's let if you if you've never all you uh, generation uh, Y kids and, that you're li- that are listening to this. Yes. So what happens is there's this dude. He's a cop. His name is Michael Long, and he gets shot in the face by a woman, and he's on death's door. He's gonna probably die. And so there's this fucking mysterious man, a shadowy flight who, into the dangerous world of a man <laughs> who does not exist. This mysterious billionaire who like. He wants to start. He he's got this organization that's like on a crusade to like basically be vigilantes, like uh, like outside the law. And he's like, I want this guy to 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 continue my work. Didn't he like rebuild his face, like what he looked yeah, like? Yeah. So right? he he gets the best doctors and reconstructs his face. Yeah, he gets, he gets and then surgery. he he you know he <laughs> wakes him up and says, Listen, I need you. I want you are like a great. Uh, a, a great law enforcement officer. You're you're great at your job. I want you, you. You're a hero. I can tell that you're heroic. I you're you're the perfect guy to. You're dead legally. Everybody thinks you're dead. You're a so ghost. You could you you could start a whole new life, and I'm going to le- bequeath all of these assets to you to use. And one of the things that he leaves them is this state of the art fucking robot car. That can talk and fucking does everything. You can do shit that is impossible. Like unlock your handcuffs for some <laughs> reason. Like open locks, like from remotely. I don't know how it does that magic. I don't know. It can but, turbo boost and jump out of a space that there's there was no room to even maneuver to run yeah, up it to can jump. Basically It'll just fly. fly right out of there. Even though there's it goes no 300 way. miles an hour, yeah. it talks to him, it plays blackjack with him. Michael. It, yeah, it can imitate dog noises. It can do the car does everything. 
And so he and this car, like, are now, like, you know, fighting crime all over the world, like, going on missions and fighting crime. Kit. The car's name was Kit. Yes. And the most important thing in the first couple of seasons about this car, Kit, is that he has this molecular bonded alloy that's this, like, proprietary uh, coating that makes him bulletproof and, like, fucking damage proof. So he, like, literally turbo boost his car into the air and fly Nothing into like stop this a fucking, fucking he can fly and knock out like a, a bridge yes and take out like fucking cement pillars it'll just land yeah, it'll just land like nothing happened this is the most amazing pontiac firebird trans am in black <laughs> you're ever gonna see so i watched the first couple episodes and then i skipped to like the goliath episode which is the one that you gotta watch so fucking hilarious so it turns out that the guy who created Michael Knight, like who, who got Michael Knight and created him and like, you know, did all the surgery. He did that. He constructed Michael Knight to look like his long lost son who was in jail on a life sentence. Oh, I forgot about this. Really? And fucking, he gets out of jail. He gets out and he, his name is Garth Knight. There's two Hoffs. Yeah. Oh shit. So there's an evil Hoff there's with like a mustache. Yeah. And, yeah. And like sideburns and like he has a, and so he steals Kit's proprietary alloy and puts it on a fucking semi truck named Goliath and outfits it with missiles. And he's using he's going to use Goliath to be like a human battering ram to get through the military's like, defenses. And so he could steal nuclear missiles. Oh, my and God. Put them in the back. <laughs> Isn't that shit crazy? I like the one where he had to fight Carr. Remember Carr? Yeah. K-A-R-R. The, the, it was like the bad version of Kit. Was that that one? Yeah. Well, oh. there's that. And then, then he fights He fights an evil version of, of himself, uh, an evil version of a computer car. Oh, my God. Yeah. That has all kinds of gadgets on it. great. And then the last thing that he fights is this tank called the Juggernaut. And... He fights the juggernaut and gets like destroyed and then they repair him, but they don't have the molecular alloy anymore. So he's not as like impenetrable oh, he's vulnerable now, but in order to compensate for that, they give him super pursuit mode. What is that? That's like when he fucking starts fucking like shit starts popping out of him, like a transformer and like these giant jets come oh, out. Oh my God. And the car can go like 400 miles an hour. It's crazy. So, yeah, it's a fucking ridiculously bad show. It makes no sense. David Hasselhoff is fucking hilarious when he's playing evil David Hasselhoff. Oh, I bet that's... I he's gotta like, watch this. His eyes are always, like, wide open. This is on Netflix? Like, yeah. Oh, I my fucking God. I, I, I didn't watch all the episodes all the way through. I'd, I'd skip through through certain parts. I'm definitely like, going to skim through some of these because I yeah, just I want to relive. I, I mean, the theme song... Is amazing that yeah, so good. The show ran from 1982 to 1986. It always reminded me of that. Remember that video game Spy Hunter in the arcades? Yeah, the top down with the, you had that car or James Bond. Yeah, shit. it reminded yeah. me of that. Uh, Kit was voiced by Will William Daniels, who some of you younger cats may recognize as the guy who played Mister Feeney on Boy Meets World. That's right. Was Kit. Which stood for Night Industries 2000. So silly, but fucking what a, it was a stylish show for the time, I guess. Well, it was the best show on TV was, at the time. Dude, it was like, uh, yeah, I, when you were like 10 years old yeah. 
That shit was fucking mind Four blowing. seasons, 90 episodes. Yeah, I remember, I think it came on Friday. And I remember there used to be a block of like uh, uh, Dukes of Hazard and then Knight Rider. And I had yeah, both so cars. Dukes of Hazard was a show that I watched. I didn't know it was racist. No, I didn't know it was racist either <laughs> when I watched it. I didn't know that the rebel flag meant racism. That's something I found out later in life. I had the toy. I had the fucking matchbox car with the fucking rebel flag on it. But and I'm like, oh, I had no all idea. All I knew is that there was... A car that could jump in the air, yes. and I thought that was cool. Similar to Knight Rider. Yeah, kids. so they, what they did is they took that high idea of a car that could jump over stuff, like Evil Knievel and shit. That was big in that the 70s. That was also big at the time, yes. Evil, yes. And so they, they put it into like a, a more futuristic car. So then that started to catch on, like futuristic cars that could jump over stuff. And then they did it with a, with a motorcycle called Street Hawk. Oh, Street Hawk was great, too. <laughs> Fucking Street Hawk. <laughs> they had a motorcycle that could... That that missiles, it could shoot missiles and fly through the air. Yeah, there was a whole know, string of these shows with vehicles. And then also Manimal came on. I don't even know how. You had Manimal, and then you had the helicopter show. Yeah, that was Iron Eagle, or what was uh, that called? Thund- Blue Blue Thunder, Blue Thunder, something like that. I, you know what? I remember Riptide. I was, uh, I think I was like seven or eight years old, and I had chicken pox, and I, I remember this one memory. I had chicken pox. I got to stay home from school. Air- Airwolf. 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 That was it. I had chicken pox, and Evil Knievel was doing this huge jump on TV, and I remember watching it live, and I had like the Evil Knievel bike that you crank up, and then the thing fucking takes off, and I had the chicken pox, and I watched Evil. I used to love Evil Knievel. Yeah, Evil Knievel was a stuntman. He would jump over shit. Yeah, nobody does that anymore. Where's where's the evil Knievels of today? Yeah, they don't. But nobody they're just know. jumping off buildings and fucking. I mean, they they were doing parkour for a while. Yeah. Parkour. Yeah, and that was kind of cool. But anyways, I, I can't believe Knight Rider is on Netflix. That's uh, check it, it out. Was it was a good episode. Listen, kids, check it out. Just see how ridiculous TV was. Look how lucky you are to have the TV that you this have. Is when David Hasselhoff though started to rule the world. It's the beginning now, of the Now, if Hoff. the A-Team comes back oh, on, we'll shit. watch yeah. that, too. A-Team was good. That was also on at the time. Oh, the man. There was a bunch of great shows there around that time, mid-'80s. Like action shows mm-hmm. in the 80s? You had Knight Rider. You had the A-Team. What was else was Fall that? Guy. Fall Guy. Was that an action show? That was He was a stuntman. Remember Lee Ma- It was Lee Majors after $6 million, yeah, man. T.J. Hooker. T.J. Hooker <laughs> with the fucking Shatner. That was a great show. <laughs> Was that like, oh, my God, I got to look up top action shows of the 80s. MacGyver. Man. You had MacGyver. That is not um, a good show. It, that show does not hold up. You had Chips with uh, fucking Ponch and John, Eric Estrada. I remember <laughs> Chips. I used to watch Chips. <laughs> California Highway Patrol. The Fall Guy, Chips, MacGyver. Heart to Heart. Is that a Heart to Heart was <laughs> technically an action show. Yeah, they would uh, go and like solve mysteries. And, and I used to watch that. They would get mixed up in things. What else was there? Street, Street Hawk we, is yeah, on there. Yeah, Street Hawk. Remember the V miniseries? That was good. Blue Thunder. Stingray? I mentioned that. Stingray? I don't remember. I remember Stingray. The Incredible Hulk. 20 Run Drum Street. Is that an action show? That doesn't count, does it? That was an action show. Miami Vice. That was oh, the big that one. That was the big one, yes. Yeah, Miami Vice had fuck. That's a good, good one. Highway to Heaven. Is that an action no, that's show? That's not no. an action show with fucking Michael Landon as an angel. Magnum P.I. Magnum was the other big one, yes. Remington Steel. Spencer oh, for Hire. Spencer for Hire. That's right. That was a great show. Buck Rogers. Yeah. Sapphire and Steel, I don't know. That's and MacGyver, dude. MacGyver was the shit. Richard Dean Anderson. That's gotta be. That's Stingray. What the fuck was Stingray? I don't remember. The Stingray keeps pop- popping up. Anyways, we're just fucking bullshitting now. Uh, yeah, we can get. We're on tangents right here. Yes. 
but, Battlestar Galactica. Okay, that's the last one. <laughs> All right, we're done. But listen, there's a fucking shitload of fucking bad. Listen, just be happy with what you got. You got fucking action shows out the wazoo now, and they're fucking high production value. Yes, we we and, we grew up with shit, and now uh, we have good things. That's there was a decade of garbage. But I watched every second of it because that's all. Because <laughs> we had Char- nothing else. Charlie's Angel, Simon and Simon. Yeah, yeah. Simon, greatest <laughs> American hero, Hawaii Five O. This is what we had. What was Simon and Simon? I, it was two guys named Simon, and they fucking <laughs> I don't know. They did shit. One of them was balding. I have no idea. Yeah, there's always a guy who was losing his hair. Yes, there's always a bald guy and a young guy. Yeah, and there's uh, NYPD Blue. Anyways, that's it for this week. Rugs, where can the listener find you online to bother you? You can find me on Twitter at ReallyRugBoy. Come follow me. Follow Follow me. Follow me. Ask me questions. Show me pictures of your mom. Yeah. We want to see pictures of your aunts and uncles. All of them. Yeah. Both sides of the family. Yeah, both sides (laughs) of your family. Listen, visit, follow us on all the socials. Visit our website for the show notes. Most important thing, of course, listener, share the show. Spread the geekery around. Thanks for listening to the Jock and Nerd podcast. My name is Imran. My name is Anthony. He's not the jock. He's the jock. And he's the nerd. We'll peep you next time. I stick it up my asshole. Oh, he is here. Oh, he is. It's fucking awesome. He's feeling better already. It's really good. That's how you cure the cold. The fuck? You just take the aspirin and what do you do with it, Anthony? I stick it up my asshole. Well, I thought so. Jock and Nerd.